watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates. And today, uh, Katie, is it cold where you are? Because it's really cold where I am. Uh, not quite yet, but it is going to be negative uh, eight degrees in a couple days. Oh my god. Well, you bundle up. It's it's unseasonably cold in Los Angeles right now, um, which means it's still a lot warmer than average for you in, in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um but you're not getting five to eight inches of snow tomorrow. No, there's absolutely no snow out. Um, but I do miss that. And and Katie, when I miss snow and when I miss true winter weather, uh, I like to bundle up inside with some cartoons. That's mm-hmm. that's why that's my transition into uh, the topic we're going to discuss today. Great we job. already. I, I think I'm doing a great job. We we had an episode talking about summertime cartoons and autumn cartoons. Uh, now we're going to talk about winter cartoons. Uh, mm-hmm. these are cartoons that again you like to watch when when it's cold outside and you're cuddled up and you want a little bit of of winter vibes, uh, or just things that have a really wintry look to them and that you appreciate the the wintry feel. Um, Katie, I don't know about you, but personally, as I was going through this, I found I found myself reflecting on the episodes we did for summer and fall. And realizing that the uh, the area for this was a lot sparser. I think there's a lot fewer cartoons that take place in the winter, or at least have a central winter-esque theme uh, versus mm-hmm. shows that take place in the summer or fall. Yeah, it was a lot hard. Well, because also when I think of winter cartoons, the vast majority of things set in winter revolve around a holiday. And that was not the goal of this episode. It was to do non-holiday right. winter. I, um, yeah, I think that was a, a gosh darn, thing. Is that it was much harder. The Christmas special is such a thing that I think has monopolized like the winter aesthetic. But it always it always occurs to me like you know Christmas takes place only a few days into winter. Most of the season is at, is long after Christmas. You got mm-hmm. all of January, all of February, most of March. And yeah, well, the last few days of December. So like most of winter is just generic winter, no holidays in sight. I mean, I guess you get MLK Day, but that's except for that one. Was it Captain Planet or, Planet or Static? There, that there, sounds there, right. I think it was Static Shock. There was an episode where they go back in time and t- talk to MLK. And that was pretty great, as I recall. Um, but uh, And if you but, live in the Midwest, it goes into April after spring one. You get winter two, then you get the muddy season, and then winter three, <laughs> then spring. Winter three, the coldening. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I struggled on this. I did find a lot of people asking for winter anime recommendations as it was like trying to do some Google for what other people thought. Oh, interesting. A lot of people were like, winter anime. Found a lot of those. I mean, I guess that makes sense. We we just recently talked about Tokyo Godfathers and the way that they did snow in that was just so so cozy looking. I mm-hmm. I feel I I feel like maybe that is a a more prominent thing in in Japanese culture to really highlight the season. And also, Japan is actually has the locations in the world that get the most snow per year. Fun fact: Really, is that true? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Huh. One of the islands gets an obscene amount of snow. 
good yeah good it's one of the, winter some of the snowiest places in the world huh. yeah I, I feel like people think of like the coasts of japan a lot and they don't often think about the snow aspect of it i mean they have all four seasons in japan right i mean they they're pretty pretty temperate and for most of it yeah i mean they have a lot of mountains that's the other big thing mm. makes sense yeah a lot of places I mean, with high elevation i'm currently looking at we this is the uh off off the rails moment uh Wonder- i'm looking at a list of the 10 snowiest places in the world and i'm at one first one japan, or this is just the list japan japan alaska for hmm. actually a place in france which of course is a mountain we're actually lowering another japanese city new hampshire this is a couple of years ago another japanese city another japanese city newfoundland New York. This is definitely missing somewhere in Russia. There are no Russian places here, and mm. I feel like they do get snow. Um, but the number yeah, one is probably. um, I think it switches between a couple. But some places in Japan average fifty feet of snow a year. God, fifty feet. Hmm. Wow. That's that's so much snow. Yeah, and Mori City has been up there. Here's the top one. Wow. Sukaria Onsen get got six hundred ninety two inches. Of, is their average annual snowfall? So I I think uh yeah Japan uh wins winter I think is fair to say. It just the, the pictures just look like such a pretty winter. Japan has really nice landscapes. Oh God yes. Um, actually this this dovetails very nicely uh into my first uh show I wanted to highlight, which mm. feels a bit unfair because as of recording this, I have not yet finished the show. I'm I'm just making my way through it. Um, but I mentioned a few episodes ago, I really wanted to watch Blue Eye Samurai. And I finally started Blue Eye Samurai and I'm a few episodes in. And boy, is the winter animation gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The, at least at least as far as I'm in, I think probably for the rest of this first season, um, it, it takes place in winter in these beautiful snowy Japanese landscapes. Uh, and the animation is just so gorgeous. The snow is so fluffy. The way they animate the ice and the way the, the snow falls on the trees and the way the footprints in the snow look and just this like the, the breath of the cold breath in the air and the steam rising off of hot springs. It just it it is such the epitome of winter. Beautiful color palettes of whites and silvers and blues. Uh it's it really makes you you pine for for snowy days, or at least makes me pine for snowy days, since I live in a place without snow now. You you could probably do without some snow, but uh, for I me, I haven't had a lot this year. Okay, there you go. You're about to have some, I guess. Um, but yeah, blue blue eye samurai. You'd you'd love it, Katie. I think uh, it's on my list to start once I finish Spider Man Two, which unfortunately does have Venom in it. I like Venom. <sighs> and that that's all you'll say about that but yeah i think uh i think blue eye samurai is a great example uh as as few winter shows as they are at least so far this season i i don't know what future seasons will bring uh in terms of the seasons literal uh seasons um but this one is really feels like the epitome of winter and makes me very very warm and fuzzy for things that are not warm <laughs> Yeah. I had trouble coming up with shows. 
I, mm-hmm. for some reason, it, my brain went to more movies because all the shows that I could think of immediately were not such of winter. Uh, did I also start planning this today? Absolutely, I did. This is my role in the podcast, is to think not ahead. That's just that slightly is ahead. Just slightly ahead. Um, the immediate first one where I'm like, well, that's not Christmas, but that is winter. Um, is Frozen. That is just winter. It is just winter. If someone made me just went, winter <laughs> pointed at a movie i'd be like frozen yeah i mean frozen is very wintry it's frozen a lot of too. snow a lot of snow a lot of ice i know i'm talking snowman that's not frosty yeah and then and then frozen 2 came around with basically the premise of what if it was a little bit fall too and mm-hmm. it doesn't do a great job at feeling like fall i'm gonna be honest yeah I mean, this one's pretty self-explanatory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, um, though, it is technically a Christmas elementy movie, but we have decided it's an ethereal place. Nightmare Before Christmas just makes me feel warm and cozy, so it's the vibe I want to start my winter. And usually it is like, all right, winter's starting. It's Thanksgiving. Or this year when I watched it right around Halloween, which is the only time we got snow this year so far. <laughs> like nah, there you go the vibes for winter and then winter didn't show up <laughs> and i went oh I, all right i love the way snow was animated in nightmare before christmas yeah. it's so light and fluffy like I, I love that shot of him of jack skellington after he falls in the snow like picking up a little handful just like in his palm like if, if stop motion of course is just incredible um but they i think they do a really good job with the fluffiness of snow and i love the last sequence where jack and sally are singing on the mountain and it's all covered with and ice and there's icicles like that mm-hmm. to me like that shot like when I think about like winter wonderland I kind of think of that shot weirdly enough just that kind of sparkly snow on a, a cold winter night with the person that you love like that's that's winter it, ca- it really does capture the fantasticness of winter just like when you look outside and you go it's beautiful and then you walk outside and you're like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute what's this Wait, it's I'm cold, cold though. I'm cold. I'm a little damp. It's <laughs> windy. Yeah, there's always that that brief uh, period of of winter ideation where you you have a very high hopes for what the experience is gonna be like, even if I, you actually go through yeah. with it, and suddenly you're cold. I'm gonna love looking out my window in the morning, going, "Ah, the snow, it's here," and I'm gonna immediately walk outside and go. All right, I'm working in a winter storm. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's that's not so fun. Um, <laughs> hmm, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's. I think those are are great examples of of winter cartoons. Um, real softballs. Yeah, I mean, I have kind of a weird one. Um, which mm. is sort of also you know more a little more movies, but kind of anything with Winnie the Pooh, even the ones mm. that don't explicitly take place in winter, there's like kind of a coziness to them. I mean, uh, the ones that are in winter, like things like Blustery Day, uh, or uh, there's a few scenes in, uh, in uh, it's, it's Piglet's movie, um, where it's actually in winter and they're trudging around in the snow. Um, I think they always animate snow in a really cozy, cute way. Um, but also I think just the, the non-snow stuff, Something about Winnie the Pooh, I feel like, is just perfect winter watching. It's just, it 
it is the thing that I can most imagine pairing with a cup of hot cocoa and a warm pair of socks, if that makes sense. Like mm. watching Winnie the Pooh inside, you know, with a blanket over my shoulders as the snow falls outside feels correct in a way that like some of the shows we mentioned watching in summer, like those feel correct for summertime viewing. There's there's something about it that I can't fully explain. I think just the the coziness of the forest, the way the characters are designed to be just so cuddly, it's it's so peak cozy that it makes me want to be cozy too. And winter is cozy season. I think we need to embrace that as the aspect of winter is it is time to be cozy. And as a cottagecore girl, I am I embrace the cozy. It's that one episode of Molly McGee where they're into that Swedish term. Yes. Oh God, what is it? What was the term? That was such a good episode. I know I it's H Y G G E, but I forget how to pronounce it. Hung or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially just being cozy. That episode is pretty cozy. I right. If we're gonna give honorable mentions to like individual achievements in episodes i think the snow day episode of molly mcgee did such a good job of capturing what it felt like to be a kid on a snow day because you just wanted to do so much like you you knew there was a chance this was your only snow day like sometimes you had a big snow and you had more than one day off from it but for the most part at least where i was growing up one snow day at a time was all you got and the next day you have to go back into school so you got to make the most of it. You got to do a snowman, you got to do a snowball fight, but you also have to make time to go inside and get hot chocolate and get all cozied up watching cartoons cuz you couldn't years. watch cartoons all day the next day. The next day you had to do school. There was just too too much to do. You wanted to do it all. Before and that you go sledding down a very dangerous hill, maybe someone breaks their arm. Yeah, I still remember the the one time I dared to defy my mother and go sledding without my helmet on and I immediately smacked head first into the big tree at the bottom of my hill and I was like I will never speak of this to her again and I'm gonna put my helmet on for the next run I don't think I ever went sledding with a hill but I certainly sledded in quite dangerous places there was just a giant hill at my high school sorry a helmet was what I meant oh a helmet okay I didn't say you're defying the laws of gravity but I definitely slid down some pretty dangerous hills. I do think yeah, one I, of my friends did like sprain or break his wrist on the the big one. It was a it was a steep drop. The other one it was a, less of a steep drop, a little less rocks in the path. Um, did lead you pretty rocks. much straight into a chain link fence. Oh, so you had God. to get pretty good about learning how to bail before you hit the fence. <laughs> fail before you hit the fence yeah mine just led right out into the road but luckily I lived on a cul-de-sac so like like the odds of a car coming and hitting you when you skidded out into the road was slim it wasn't zero I want to point out the odds were not zero that the plow was coming at the exact moment you rolled down the hill um but it was small enough that we felt we're still alive we're we're all somehow still alive I don't I don't know how um you know, honestly, it's funny because as I'm thinking about this, one of my fondest memories of snow days is sitting inside watching cartoons on the snow day. Um, but I do have one or two memories of doing that, not because it was me trying to make the most of the cozy time too, but because I was sick for the snow day. I think no. I had that with this. I think like two or three times I was sick on a snow day, which was always the worst because like 
everyone else is out having fun. The be the best hill in my neighborhood was the hill that my house was on. So I had to look out the window and watch all the other neighbor kids sledding down my hill from my window as I was like sniffling in front of the TV. Like that was the saddest thing imaginable. I mean, thank God I had my cartoons there for comfort because otherwise I I would have just given in to misery. It reminds me of when we had a, a friend in college who got sick the first snow of the season, which also was Aww. a lot of our friends' first time experiencing snow. <laughs> um, but they were sick up on the third floor and Aww. I was determined to bring the snow up there uh, by hurling snowballs to the third floor i hit a couple did that cheer them up it did okay this person is a listener they can tell they can tell <laughs> you later no it worked yeah. and also they were just really impressed i managed to get a snowball into their room in the third floor i mean i'm also impressed that's that's a you've got a good arm there katie yeah that that was the time took a couple chances um i had a similar one that was just like I don't know why, other than one film in this thing, but most of them just give me like cozy vibes. So it was one that came to mind. A Wallace and Gromit. That just makes me feel cozy. Yeah. It might be because partially my mom really liked it and uh she works a she works a lot, so it was just like holidays. I can see my mother. And Aww. we watch a lot of stuff. Like that's when we would watch shows and stuff, and she likes Wallace and Gromit. Aw. I love so maybe that. that's why. I, I agree. I feel I feel like Wallace and Gromit equally has that that cozy vibe that you want. The cos. Such cos. Yeah. I mean I think there there's a lot of shows I think that that hit that cozy feeling. Um that, you know, you I think a lot of like like junior shows, like shows for kids, like I don't know. I I feel like I end up talking about Bluey a lot on this show, but if I were a kid on a snow day right now, I feel like Bluey would hit so good. <laughs> God, if I was on a snow day tomorrow, I'd watch Bluey. Right? I mean, there's, like, they've got so many episodes that revolve around them going to sleep that, like, me, an adult woman watching it, I'll watch that episode. Like, I feel my eyes going heavy. Like, oh, yeah, cozying up into bed would feel good right now. Thanks, Bluey. <laughs> Are you Muffin missing a nap? I don't think I've ever been as, as manic as Muffin missing a nap, but I aspire to be. I I, I have muffin so hard. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> I have listened to the podcast episode from last week. <laughs> <laughs> I I love muffins so much, and I really want to know what muffins gonna be like as an adult. I just I for some reason I really want to know this because I have a, a gut instinct that she's wildly successful. <laughs> that is a CEO <laughs> in the making. Is a girl boss such a girl boss often is gaslight gatekeep girl boss um I, I i wouldn't want us to to finish the episode without mentioning one more that i really wanted to bring up mm -hmm. um i guess we're similar on our our note of talking about japan the show is american um but has very strong uh asian influences uh avatar the first season takes place mostly mm -hmm. in winter um and i know this because the middle of the, the season is the winter solstice don't at me and say that you just think it's winter because they're in the north and south pole no that winter solstice happens in the middle of the season it's it's winter first season is winter um but it's sort of similar to what i was mentioning about blue eye samurai um really lovely color palette of winter that they have a lot of blues and silvers and whites and grays they make the north and south poles look just very inviting in their own ways 
Um, and I love the winter clothes that the characters are wearing. They just look so, even as a kid, like the way that like Katara and Sokka are dressed in the first episode of Avatar, I'm like, oh man, that looks cozy. Oh man, I'd love to wear that. Like, I don't know where they found blue furs. I I mean, I guess they could dye it. I don't- I was going to say, I, dye I does wear. exist. Yeah, but blue they're in the very hard dye. And blue is a very ex- historically expensive and hard to find dye. I know, like, I could buy, like, in, like, a temperate climate, they could find, like, the blue flowers or blue, like, berries and things to make blue dye. Yes, yes, Katie? Most blue dye came from snails. That's fascinating. I did not know that. Thank you. Red dye came from bugs. That, that makes, that makes sense. Doesn't it still, doesn't, like, red dye number something? Uh, certain, certain certain uh red dyes are from um bugs which i believe start with an a and i'm forgetting the full title i don't know the history of the history of paints and dyes is fascinating that is really interesting although i guess i that means i do still stand by my original point i don't know where one would find those things in the south pole (laughs) yes katie did you also know that for a long time to get a certain shade of brown we used mummies I know this is going to derail us horribly, but I must know what. Yeah, it's called Mummy Brown. We ground up mummies to to make good to make dye for paint. There. That's why we don't have that many mummies. There had to have been an easier way. (laughs) It was apparently just very nice shade. I believe you, Katie. But I I still stand by. If you are stuck grinding up mummies. To do anything, there's an easier way. I'm just, I'm just gonna come out and say it. There is an easier solution to whatever you're attempting to do that doesn't involve grinding up mummies. Yeah, it, apparently it had a, it was a rich brown with good transparency that sat between other, other tints that painters really liked. It was the flesh of mummies mixed with white pitch and burr. Really popular until the fresh supplies of mummies diminished and artists became less satisfied with the paint quality. I feel like fresh supplies is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. You're so right. Uh... Well, that's horrifying. Do you have one more thing to cleanse our palate? Uh, bad thing is no, but let me think. Uh, I mean, I just watched I mean, SpongeBob. SpongeBob is also good on a, SpongeBob on a always warms the heart. That's true. No matter there's what not a lot is. of winter vibes in an underwater land. No, because they were kind of like vaguely like tropical. Um, so so not there. Um, but yeah, not not to dwell on this point long because it's not really what our show is usually about. Um, I will keep talking about if you want, but no, <laughs> but, but I. I felt I I would be remiss if I did not mention possibly the only animated show, certainly the only one I could think of, that almost all of its episodes take place in winter or with a with snow on the ground, and that is South Park. I think no. ra- racking my brain for any show like lo- so many shows have most or all their episodes in summer. Several are take place entirely in fall. Most will, you know, span all of the seasons and 
have you know one or two episodes that take place in winter but for the most part will be uh i think spring and fall is mostly what these shows always look like or at least what americans would consider the aesthetics of spring or fall um but i think south park as far as i can think of and again my my knowledge skews heavily american so i'm sure there's plenty of international uh animated shows that are going to prove me wrong potentially japanese ones as katie said thing i'm pretty sure south park's the only one that likes to perpetually exist in winter so good for them i guess <laughs> i think i think katie is yeah the fact no no i'm with you i was sorry i'm currently looking up uh the history of mummies also being used as medicine i don't like that though i was trying to remember if yeah, people ate mummies, and uh, briefly, that was a thing. Why do people think that mummies were like a Swiss army knife? They're really not. We stopped doing that at some point in the Renaissance, and then turned them into paint instead. That's not better! <laughs> what, do you I... want me to talk about the time we used radium in paint? That just resulted in people dying. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's worse. Like, right, like, I guess probably eating a mummy is not necessarily going to cause you harm because anything bad in it is probably long dead. Um, but, you know, that that being said, it's still gross. Just because it can't kill you doesn't mean it's not gross. It was also a very big discovery when we learned how to make blue pigment in a lab. It was a big moment for the world. Long, we no longer had to use snails for that. Snails, indigo, or like lapis lazuli, but snails, did, I think, a lot of blue. Also purple, I think, with snails. Those I was going to say, snail. because of one episode of Our Flag Means Death, I do I do know that indigo was a big thing, and also it was expensive. Oh, I mean, royalty wore purple and blue. Those were the colors of royalty. Because it I mean, long live. So to to answer everyone's question, we don't know how Katara and Sokka and Avatar managed to have all blue clothes despite living impoverished in a tribe in the South Pole. Um, but I'm sure there's some sort of fantasy animal that produces blue dye. Maybe maybe there's like a snail seal. Maybe there's like a like like a leopard seal snail fusion that produces the same blue pigment that our snails did in the Renaissance. That's my new head cannon. I'm gonna I'm gonna call that that cannon. Um, I I I I kind of wonder if the new Netflix show, the live action, is gonna like try to address some of that stuff because they're wearing you know cartoon accurate costumes. So I wonder. I don't know. It probably not. I imagine that's not something that there'd be any need to call attention to because I'm the only that's ever questioned it. Um, but it would be kind of funny. I I'll feel really vindicated if someone mentioned something about the blue dye. <laughs> as they also as the, have lapis, but that doesn't make sense in the Arctic. And no, I mean, again, there's no, in our world, there's no way they could have had that. But, like, it's the Avatar world, it's fantasy, and I'm not enough of a curmudgeon to call that, like, an actual problem. It's not even a nitpick, it's just, like, a stupid thing to point out. <laughs> Whatever, I'm preoccupied with it now. But, yeah. I'm uh, Katie, solely any... just oh. Googling dyes at this point. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take the sign that you're okay for us to wrap this up then. Have you seen the blue mushroom? There's well, thank mushroom. you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, where I Katie's going to continue to research dyes. 
Um, but I'm just going to leave them and go back into our cartoon time machine and get some hot cocoa, cuddle up under some blankets and watch some of these cozy wintertime cartoons. No, wait, come back. <laughs> what? No, just don't leave me here. I'll come back to the time machine. Okay, c- come in. You can you can look up your blue mushroom stuff while, while we're sitting on the, car- the time machine couch. Yay. <laughs> I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you next time.